What up, everybody? Welcome back into another edition of the Final Whistle Sports Podcast. Yes, we did make it to back-to-back episodes. I know many of you, including myself, thought we might not get here this week, but we're back. The hiatus is over. We're legit. We're trying out a new day of recording, a little Sunday fun day action of podcasting. And what a perfect day to get into the swing of things with some crazy playoff basketball that ensued with the Sixers and Celtics. But, Joe, how are we feeling? As a Sixers guy, you must have been sweating like crazy. We are on cloud nine right now, heading back to Boston for game five. I'm just glad to not see the season end today. Um, it was just, it was just impeccable. I mean, I look, I know this wasn't the ending of the series, but it was the ending to the series if they lost today, but yeah, we're, we're, the vibes are high. Um, we're feeling good right now. Just incredible stuff. Just incredible stuff. And, uh, yeah, just, I, I, yeah, no words to describe right now how I'm feeling about that 76ers game. Just that smile on your face says it all you got to, the, that right. to the people right now. You got but that, let's right. let's let's dive into this one since it's the most it's most fresh. Sixers win 116-115 in overtime after <laughs> blowing a 16-point yeah. lead. Yep. Then they had to kind of rely on the James Harden effect at the end of the fourth, as well as in overtime. He finished with 42, 9, and 8, and the most pinnacle shot, arguably, of his career, hitting the game winner to put them up one with roughly was it 13 seconds left, if I'm not mistaken? Around uh, there? Might even been a little less than that. A little I think less it, but, than that? Yeah. Yep. But, yeah, but James Harden comes up clutch. Like you said, the series is over here if Boston somehow comes out and kind of reels this one in. It probably ends in five without, with, with my guess, if Sixers oh, yeah. don't pull it out here. Oh, Joe, yeah. just walk me through the emotions of this game because it had had its uh, – ups and downs to say the least definition of the highs and lows of philadelphia sports right there um (laughs) you're you're talking first half you know incredible ball they come out on fire they go up nine ten at the half you know you're you're feeling okay at least right i mean i'll say it i think most philadelphia 76ers fans are saying this i went into this game where like i'm smiling on the outside like yeah this is great but in the back of my mind i'm like where you're going to lose this game like everything is on fire um it just like didn't seem like it was gonna line up but first half they come out firing looked really good third quarter they held their own lost a little bit at the end and then the beginning of the fourth quarter you just you kind of saw a little bit of the bridge crumbling and you were like oh shit here is the typical 76ers once again crumbling in the fourth quarter you know you lackadaisical defense no hustle on balls and then all of a sudden pj tucker grabs this rebound and just gets a little layup and one and that's what sparked him he goes up and you'll see it on twitter you know pj tucker goes up joel Embiid. he's talking about ah, 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 ah. you're like what, what the hell is he saying but no he was hyped up we got this get you you know get your head out of your ass let's go blah 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 And, hey, right from there, like, you know, we get into overtime at least. Boston had a shot at the end to win it. They missed it. Marcus Smart missed it. And then they get into overtime, and uh, we we dwindled our way. And, honestly, I really thought the refs missed a really, really bad call on Jason Tatum with a four on to Tyrese Maxey's chest. And then that's when Jason Tatum ended up hitting a three. three. And I'm like, dude, no foul? Like, come on now. 
And look, I and I am a big, you know, I, I will sit there and blame the refs up and down. I agree. But like, I didn't think they were awful, truthfully. Like, I mean, that's that's a good thing for the refs, truthfully. But I don't think you're awful. I mean, that's a good thing. Um, but that I thought that was a foul. But then, you know, come down the other end, James Harden hits probably, you know, an, one of the top five shots of his career. Same thing in game one. You know what I mean? When he hit the game winner there, one of the top five shots of his career to win one of the bigger games in his career. And then, um, I mean, Jesus Christmas. I mean, the light turned red just as Marcus Smart is about to release this thing. And I'm in, I, you know, I'm watching the game. I got everyone else around me. And everyone starts cheering because they start taking the points off the bar. I said, we didn't even see the replay yet. How do we know this thing didn't miss? Or, you know, how this thing didn't count? But the ball was still in the hand as the red light comes on. Bang. And, uh, yeah, Sixers are heading up to Boston. We got three games left now and a three-game series against the Boston Celtics. So it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I think you described it perfectly. As the way it unfolded, I, from my perspective, I watched most of that until Sixers got up pretty big. Then I kind of switched over, put on a little bit of golf, and was watching uh, – Xander kind of throw his tournament away, but we're not, yeah. we're not talking about that. Um, yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing though was, and I threw it back on probably midway through the third, when you started to feel like the momentum was changing a little bit, um, the Celtics started to find their groove a little bit. And with other than Hardner and bead, the Sixers had nothing going for them. Like you said, like it, it was either them or that was going to be the storyline is that if they lost this game is that Harden and Embiid gave everything they could and they still mm-hmm. came up short, which is showcases that there's nobody, a th- no third option. And probably Tobias Harris was about to be in the media for a long time in Philadelphia for having that much money getting paid to him and doing absolutely jack squat in this yeah. series. But I mean, that's been like a, a running theme over the last three years oh. since he's gotten this contract. Right. And yeah, you know, now with the emergence of Tyrese Maxey, like I think Tyrese has now become that third option essentially for the Philadelphia. 76ers. He was not very well good either. Tonight. No, no. Um, But he did come up with like a big crucial basket in overtime. Right. Like right out, right out of play call. He went straight for it, gunned right at uh, Jalen Brown, slipped right by him, boom, got the easy two. I think that either got us up two or got us up one at that point, which was fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> but, like, I think Tobias has moved that, moved that role to the four spot, and I think a lot of the Philadelphia 76ers fans have accepted that now. Like, yeah, the man's getting paid, but, like, he's moved to this four role, and he knows what he does. But <clears throat> if it wasn't for him in that net series, though, like, we might not even be in the series right now. Right. Um, he had a great series in that um, net series. So, you know, you're going to – you're going to pay, you know, you're going to, you got to pay what you got to do, unfortunately, at that time. And that is what it is. But, you know, you look at a, another guy like uh, D'Anthony Mellon, who just had nothing this game. Um, you know, where game one, when they did win, he was literally the secondhand man. If it wasn't for right. D'Anthony Mellon, they lose that game. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it was a good win for them, absolutely. And to now at least get out 2 2, you know, I, you know, I'm happy for right now because. You know, I, I, back of your head, you're just thinking and wondering, and it's it comes at a point of you lose this game, right? They're probably going to lose in five. Then you're looking at this offseason and the questions that are going to be told and what's going to have to be done. Doc Rivers is going to probably get fired. Joel Embiid, what are you going to do now? 
you know, yeah. Tobias Harris, you're going to move on from is, is James Harden leaving now? Um, right. you know, you're going to have to max, um, maxi now, you know, what are you doing? Like it, it, there would have been so many questions if they lost this game, at least now you're, you're going to get the six at least now. Right. And, um, you've guaranteed another home game, which then you handle business and you see what happens in a game exactly. seven. Exactly. I mean, it, at least if they lost in seven, I could live with it better than if they lost in five. Right. right. They they tried their heart out. Um, but yeah, man, it, it's 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 going to be a battle. And and I think we said it last week, right? Whoever comes out of the series is probably going to go to the go to the finals, right? Sure. Um, the clear favorite for sure yeah. in the East. Yep. I mean, it. They just they're loaded with superstars. They're loaded with superstars on this court. Jalen Brown playing out of his mind, and I know a lot of people don't really think of Jalen Brown as that superstar guy, but when it comes to playoffs, Jalen Brown can hit some shots and big shots. Uh, like Jason Tatum was ice cold today to begin the game, and uh, Jalen Brown held them together. Even Marcus Smart really is finding his shot in this series as well. Um, and and they're playing really good ball. They're a really good team. Uh, team based. Um. You know, unlike the Sixers, where it's more star-studded power to try to lead them through, but uh, but yeah, it's it's uh, hopefully the next three games going to be a you know good good series. Uh, it's going to have my emotions going up and down and my anxiety out the roof. But hey, that's what Philadelphia 76ers basketball is. So, so I agree. PJ Tucker was the biggest shot of the game, though. It wasn't even close. I just want to touch on that because I feel like. He doesn't get that rebound. You're down three. Celtics get to wipe another 20 seconds off the clock. It's probably a wrap because they probably get a bucket or a foul. And then that rebound just being the energy and the heart and soul. I think he's the heart and soul of every team he's been on, mm -hmm. right? In Houston, he was the heart and soul. In Milwaukee, the heart and soul. In Miami, the heart and soul. Now in Philadelphia, like that man – he is the representation of the stat sheets won't actually show how much of an impact he has on the game. Gonna agree more. Paramount. And then on your maxi offensive foul call, right? It should have been an offensive foul on Tatum. If he falls, does he get that call? I think if him standing up is the is the huge difference that he didn't sell it and that he didn't sell it and fall down. Yeah. I guess you're right to an extent, but he also that, did even like stumble back. Like, you know, yeah, if you're stumbling I, back, like the ref got to call something, but you would think the refs don't do that though. Every time it's a charge there, the guy has to be on the floor. It seems like nowadays. Oh, well, that was another thing. Um, Marcus smart. Originally I called for a blocking foul and Joel and B would have had an am one. What no, they called a charge on the floor. No, no, no. They, it was no foul completely. That was, I think, the difference maker there because they only just counted Joel Embiid's um, uh, just bucket, I'm pretty sure. Because at that point, I believe they were down three, and then they gave him two points, so we were only down one. Mm -hmm. But I could have been wrong. I mean, um, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with P.J. Tucker talk. I mean, P.J. Tucker is the, uh, you know, the epitome of, like, getting your all your guys together and working together as a team, like the leader of it. Um, right. You know, regular season wise, I was always wondering, like, what is this die doing for this team? Like, like he's shooting like one for four, like three rebounds and like two assists <laughs> and plays thirty five minutes. And you're like, exactly. buddy, what are you doing out there? You could just get this cardio at your local Planet Fitness, but 
No, like this is the this is the reason why they signed a man for ten million dollars is that exact moment in that fourth quarter in overtime, right? Like grabbing that rebound, you know, hustling on the side, playing solid defense when needed, like that little stuff is what PJ Tucker does. Same thing with kind of like Udonis Haslam, right? Doesn't really play, but you know he mentors a lot of these younger guys right, to right, uh, right. you know fulfill this position in the playoffs when needed. So yeah, completely agree. Where so before we switch over to the other Eastern Conference uh series, where would you rank this now? James Harden has now done it twice in this series. Jekyll and Hyde effect. He's had two game winners, and then he's been tw- the other two games. He's been absolutely abysmal. I think abysmal is actually being nice too, like off the face of the earth, like bad. Mm-hmm. What? How would you assess? his series so far because when he plays well y'all are y'all are getting the job done if he play if he even mediocre they might even be more competitive but they just haven't been when he's not when he's not there yeah um i would say it's it's i i would still say he's still playing a very solid um series mm-hmm. I, i'm gonna i'm gonna throw it back to you here because i i only see it more from the philadelphia side of things so you're a little sure. more announcer do you feel that James Harden is, I don't know if petrified is the right word to use or starstruck when Joel Embiid is on the court. I don't know if that's the right word to use here. Um, timid, I guess. I, I like timid. timid. I like, I think he's a more timid player. This is something that you saw in Brooklyn too, that he become, he starts to think when there's another superstar, that he believes is better than him on that court. He needs to be the facilitator and take his foot off the gas. Does that make sense? Okay. Because like when he was in Brooklyn with Kyrie and Kevin Durant, he was the one that took the step back. I think he understood that you have two volume shooters there and art. And you would say statistically two better shooters at that point in their career in Kyrie and Kevin Durant mm-hmm. over Harden at that point when the trade's made. Now in Philadelphia, you have someone who's on the rise and in the prime of his career in Embiid while Harden's on his decline. And you really haven't seen him try to put his foot on the gas or put his foot on someone's throat like persona type deal like he used to do all the time in Houston. Yeah. So timid makes sense, but I feel like also is that now because he's become so timid in these last three years or so, it's very hard for him to light the spark to get back into that mode. Is Is that that the case or is that because he, is that because is that because he just feels like he like I guess you're right like he needs to just feel like he needs to facilitate. I think truthfully he knows he can still do it and we've seen it this series, you know, especially two out of four games now that he still has that Houston Rockets spark. That's what I'm going right. to call it, right? Yeah, spark. Like that is, it is the it is. Houston Rockets spark now yes. at this point. Um and I don't think the fans really thought he had it anymore because we haven't seen it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think even I, you know, his teammates or even opponents thought he still had it. But 
truthfully, I don't even know if he thought he still had it. But I think after that game one series of dropping 45, I couldn't tell you the last time James Harden dropped 45 points. Right? Yeah. But. Then what would you. So how would you frame games two and three then? For me, that's my next question, right? Like, because even in the Brooklyn series, right? He had two games where he was solid in two games that he was very below average. Sure. That So you're not seeing it consistently. You are seeing it, you're seeing it more, because Embiid didn't play three and four of the Brooklyn series, right? Yeah. So you've now seen it three out of the, three out of the four times he's played well, he hasn't, He's had Embiid there once. Mm-hmm. So how we've do you said it? We've said this countless times here in Philadelphia, right? And we've said that if Joel's on the floor, the ball gets facilitated a lot better. And James Harden is able to play like that scoring point guard role, but still able to facilitate like he can do in general. So it's like the added bonus. Do you think because it's his the driving lanes are pulled away because Embiid takes the whole block, basically? I don't think it's the driving lanes. I think it's the uh, stopping of the offense almost completely because Joel needs to post up somebody. That's mm-hmm. the issue. Okay. And it's so-, so you think that it's more fluid when it's... Yes. MB's now, if you go back and watch that game one, right? The Sixers are, like, flying left and right. James is driving the basket. He's making these threes, passing left and right. Game two, Joel comes back. Joel doesn't look great, right? First game back with the injury, been off for 10, 10, 10 days, 11 days, whatever it was. Where about. we thought you already steal game one. You yep. shouldn't have played him in game two in the begin- first place, in my opinion, but that's sure. True. Sure. And truthfully enough, I mean, we said it here. Game two, they were going to get hammered anyway. I don't really take too much from that one. Right. You move that on, you burn the tape, and you move on to game three. Now, game three, he played terrible. He lost us that game, truthfully. Shot horrific. Played terrible defense. Yeah. It just felt like we were never in that game. Never in that game. People Mm -hmm. were missing left and right. Um, But, like, that's that's kind of what you're getting with James Harden right now, typically. It's he's either going to win you the game potentially or he's going to lose you the game. There's not really a medium with him in this playoffs right now. No, there's not. Um, I mean, we got lucky versus the Nets, right? Because the Nets are a lot easier opponent compared to the Boston Celtics. Boston Celtics are the second best team in the East this year. Um, you know, now the first first best team in the East right now. Well, think about it. You guys got the easiest first round matchup out of any of the NBA teams this year. Yeah, I agree. I agree. You got a Brooklyn team that is in the postseason because of what KD and Kyrie did the first half of the year. Yeah. And Bridges held it held 50-50 just to get them to where they were. Correct. Yep. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, but yeah, like I, I would did want to ask, you know, more from the outside perspective, like where does do you see James Harden at right now? And and, and he is very timid when Joel and B gets on the court where he feels like he needs to facilitate him. And they had a big meeting, I think last night or or two days ago when they were watching film, I was reading on Twitter that like a lot of people I think were 
kind of vocalizing about other individuals and their playing performance and this, that. And maybe, maybe Joel kind of told Harden, like, dude, you are it this series right now. Like, I know I'm the MVP and I know I can get my buckets. And he did today. I think he had yeah. 34, 35 points. Yeah, today. he did. And he had 30 in the last game, too, in game yeah. three. Like, he's still going to get his. But, like, if James Harden doesn't score, I think, over, what, 25, 30 points in this series, they're not going to win the game. Right. They're just not. Unless Maxi somehow goes off and has 30. But Maxi and the Celtics, Celtics got Maxi's number right now. So he hasn't been playing well much at all. But yeah, I, mean, I don't, I, yeah, Timid, I think is a good word to use when him and Embiid are on the floor, especially in his playoff game. No, I like that a lot. I think they finally figured out towards the end of games that it's going to just be two man game between them. Yeah. So that I think that's helped them down the stretches of games when they needed it. Like today's game was, I think they really unlocked something moving forward if the if the game's tight. Like you will not see Tobias Harris, Maxi, or PJ Tucker touch the ball unless they get an offensive rebound. Um, or I, if it's an I'm open just... three, like that's what it looked like towards the end, especially in the in the end of the fourth and overtime. Yeah, like I would definitely think Tyrese Maxey could still potentially touch the ball. I don't think Tobias Harris or I mean PJ Tucker's not. If he touches the ball, he's gonna hand it off anyway. So right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I like it. I like it. But you're a happy Sixers guy right now. Tuesday's yeah. good. Was it, play again on Tuesday now? I think it's Tuesday. Uh, yeah, I think they're just yeah, Tuesday back night. backs right now. So yep, I think Tuesday it is. All right. I'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. All right, let's jump to the other side of the East. Let's talk. The Knicks Heat series now, right? Kind of been a tale of three games so far. The Heat have been dominant with Jimmy Butler on the court in the one game he didn't play. They kind of just let that game get away. Like, I'm surprised this is not up 3-0. Like, the Knicks had to do everything in their power in game two to, to even up that series. But you are seeing a Miami team really showcase what I always thought they were going to be this year, which was the true dark horse in the Eastern Conference. And they're starting to click at the right time. And Jimmy Butler is the second coming of Michael Jordan in the postseason. It is just something crazy. I know that's outlandish of a statement, but the man just plays on a completely different level from regular season to postseason. Like regular season, he doesn't care about his numbers. He knows that he's just going to make sure his team's confidence is there going into the playoffs. And then the man's been on another level in these playoffs. It's absolutely phenomenal to watch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I couldn't agree to more. I mean, the, I mean, the Heat, Tom Thibodeau, when he, if he had a dream up of team of what he wants to coach, it would be the Miami Heat right now. Um, Without you know, a doubt. You have a, you have a dog in Butler, right? And then strictly a defensive team and, you know, a team that's able to run down the court and, you know, bang home threes when they can and good fast break. They want to move, move, move. This is what the Miami heat is. And it's what he wants the Knicks to be, but I just don't think that's what the Knicks are going to be able to do. I think the Knicks are still like a year or so away. They don't have uh, the personnel for correct. Tips. Yeah. Like they're just not, they're not there yet for me. Um, You know, like, like I think we said like the heat probably should win this series and it looks like they're going to be on their way. Um, Especially when Jimmy Butler plays, but you know, like a Julius Randle and Brunson's a great one-two punch, but like if you had to look at the one-two punches in the East, like uh, they're not top three in my opinion. Um, 
But yeah, I think the Miami Heat just play really good team basketball, and that's why they're able to beat beat up on this Knicks team. And you know, they got essentially home court still. Um, you know, game game four is going to be in Miami still. I I just don't see them losing. I mean, if they get to six, I mean, good for the Knicks, but I I would be shocked if they do. So, oh, uh, you think you think Miami will close it out in five? Yeah, I think they could maybe close it out in five. I mean, if it goes back to Miami, good for the Knicks because most likely they're they won on their home court. I mean, I don't think they're gonna win Game Four. Yeah, uh, I don't think so either. I think they're gonna be down three one. Yeah, for sure. But I think if it goes back to Miami, I'm good for the Knicks. But I don't think they're gonna leave Miami or South Beach at that point with a win. So and going to Game Seven, I mean, Butler's been going off. Um, I mean, it, it does never comes down to shooting percentage for him, right? Nine at twelve last game, which on paper doesn't sound really good, but ten and eleven from the free throw line, and it, it's just what he does off the box score, right? Like on the defensive side of the ball, you know, rebounds, fifty fifty balls, he's all right there, you know. Um, you know, Bam out of bio with a solid game, a double double, you know, good for him. You know, it's just like little stuff with this team. I mean, they're definitely missing Tyler Hero, though. I will say that. Hero and Oladipo, and they're still kind of yeah. showing out. They're two best real offensive players off the bench. Yeah, agreed. And, I mean, but you you see it in the percentage of three points, right? Shot 22% from three. I mean, that's... Well, they had their worst statistical offensive game percentage-wise the entire year, they said. It was something like... Or it was not like the entire okay. year, but like one of their, like one of their five worst games and they still won by 20. Like that just speaks yeah. volumes about this squad. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, I think when buckets didn't play, they got a little bit lucky for the Knicks sake on that game, uh, game two. But like you said, like they only won by six. Um, I think that was the, I think we were on the podcast when they were playing. Yeah, and, we were, we were recording the, that night and yeah, the heat the were heat up were when we got off. Yep. And uh, Knicks close it out at the end. You know, good for them. But, yeah, like I said, I think if it goes five, maybe six, if the, if the Knicks get a win back in uh, New York. Well, I think it's just so ironic with uh, Jimmy Buckets going against Tibbs, especially everything that they've been through with for Chicago, being the, him yeah. being the young guy but learning under D. Rose and Tibbs, and then – the Minnesota situation, how that just completely blew up for that for that group with Wiggins. I think it was Wiggins, Cat, Butler. Oh, I can't remember who their point guard was. Jeff so. Teague. Jeff, Jeff Teague. Teague yeah, Jeff, did video. you did you see Jeff Teague? That's what yes. I was trying to quote you on. Jeff Teague. Yes. Did you see Jeff? Jeff Teague had no mercy in that story. Oh, man. That, that is just like everyone's having a full practice. Jimmy Butler just comes in three days late to training camp, and he's just getting worked, warmed up, getting stretched out. They're all already doing practice for about fifteen minutes. Tibbs calls scrimmage. Butler hops up and just like, all right, let's do it. And then he said, "I'm not playing with the starters. I'm going to take the bona fide bad news Bears group and freaking uh-huh. smoke y'all." <laughs> yeah, and he did it too. And then and then Teague and was then, trying to get the ball to Cat. And, uh, you know, uh, Butler was like, this man ain't going to be shit and got blocked. And Teague's like, Cat, you got to beat that man. He's bigger than you. 
He's like, I give me that ball. Yeah. And then he yammed it on or something like that. But he goes, he goes, Butler wasn't scoring, which I think that's what we all thought. Like Butler was just getting buckets out there. No, he was diving left and right, you know, getting rebounds, throwing up the court to these guys, right? And they win the game. The best of them all was after the game, Butler runs out to the locker room and they're there. They play their next game and they go, Wait, Butler, we want you again. We yeah. And he's gone and he's on ESPN with Rachel Nichols already. I think that already on hilarious. Rachel Nichols roasting what he had just did to his own team. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was it for me. I love that. I was like, this, this is the definition man. of a savage, Jimmy Butler's. Yep. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But yeah, like you said, man, prime time when he comes in playoffs, man, he's a different character. I mean, this team is starting to click. I mean, I think in the, I think we both agree that they're going to be in the Eastern Conference Finals. And regardless of without Hero and Oladipo, the Heat's going to push the Sixers or the Celtics because they just ma- both the Heat match up with well with anybody when it comes to the playoffs because they pride themselves on defense. They just know how to match up, yeah. and they notice how to click flick a switch, and then. Spo at the end of games just knows how to make that little, tiny little adjustment down the stretch of games too. Well, if the if the Celtics meet up with them again, I believe it's a rematch of last year's Eastern yes, it is. finals. Um, and which then again, I mean that was a that was a good solid series, and it's going to be a good solid series again this year. Um, you know, good fundamental basketball teams on both sides of the ball, willing to pass up. Not you know as much as the Celtics have more of that superstar role. Um, you know, Miami Heat can still play with them for sure. Right. Um, you know, they got a really good big man. Um, they got depth off the bench, so does Boston. So that would be a really good series if it does end up that way. So well, I was telling you before the playoffs started, we weren't really on the air at this point. We were on our little hiatus, but we were texting back and forth, like how I was telling you that Miami was the worst first round matchup that anybody was gonna be able to get. And them falling apart like that last week of the season, just kind of missing some easy games. Like, I think they lost – I can't remember who it was, but they lost to to some very bad bottom-tier teams. Yeah. Let the Brooklyn Nets hold on to that sixth seed. Otherwise, like, I thought the Heat were going to beat the Sixers in the first round. Like, I thought that was going to be my legit upset. Yep. I remember talking to not not only you, but a lot of people, and I said – if the Sixers get the Heat, I mean, I think the Sixers win, but it's gonna go seven. Yeah, like it's gonna be a dangerous because like you're gonna be at the point where like, ooh man, that's gonna be a tough eight seed. I mean, we saw with the Bucks, right. they lose. Yeah. So, so yeah, It'll be interesting to see how that unfolds. All right, let's yeah. jump. Let's jump sides. Which who do you want to talk next? You want to talk Denver Phoenix or some Dub Nation and the LA Lakers? You can get the boring one out the way. I just think Denver. And Suns is just pretty standard right now, right? Yeah, um, I think they're playing right now. I'm trying to pull up the score. <laughs> yeah, I believe they are, but it's just been very straightforward, right? Like, yeah, the, the home team has won in all series. Um, the uh, DeAndre Ayton like didn't look good at all last series, but they ended up still pulling out. D Book still getting his. Kevin Durant. D Book put them on their back yep. on Friday night. Yep, in my opinion, man. Devin Booker is really starting to come into his own as like 
you know, top six, top seven player in the league, truthfully. He's there. He's there, man. I um, think he's there. He's ascending so fast. Like, he just gets buckets. And the thing is, is, like, everyone thinks, like, he's been in the league, like, forever, and he's oh, he's older. But I think he's only, what, 24? Yeah, he's still – he hasn't 20, even – he's 26. So he's just entering the prime of his career. Yeah. Like, the man has been on a mission. I mean – Listen to stats, right, in that Clippers game, game four of the Clippers since then. 30 points, 47, 27, 35, 47. Like, Jesus, dude. And he's already today, the first quarter just ended. He's five of six from the field with 13 already in the first. Yeah. Nuggets are up three right now. but um... he's, just a, he's just a bucket, man. He just gets bucket. And now he's got to even do even more with Chris Paul out. Right with that groin injury, I think it actually helps Phoenix that Chris Paul can't play. Oh, nothing, think? nothing against arguably one of the best point guards to ever do it. The more pace that Phoenix can play with, I think that suits them better than because Denver is the most slept-on team in basketball. It's the way they like to play. They love to slow the game down and just wear you out with Jokic and Murray. And I think Denver's the most complete team on paper, I would say. I would say they're the clear favorite right now to win the NBA championship. I that's I'm I'm going there. Yes, I am a Warriors oh. fan. I people have given Denver so much like lack of credit, it is insane this year. I mean, what Jokic did these last the previous two years to kind of keep them afloat, like this is the first time they've been back together and like since we were talking about the ascension of the Denver Nuggets with Michael Porter Jr. Because he's been out hurt. Jamal Murray's been out hurt. Yeah. Like, this team is just – in their bench is so deep. Like, they're the most complete team on paper, right? I don't – which is what you saw in the two games. Like, you have Bryce Brown comes off the bench. Or Bruce Brown. Sorry, not Bryce Brown. Is it Bryce Brown or Bruce Brown? I can't remember. Christian uh, Braun, a low-key of a defender. And you have Reggie Reggie Jackson as your backup point guard there. Like, uh, then you have Jeff Green, who people somehow he, the man just continues to produce year yeah. in year out off the bench. Yeah. Then you have KCP. I think one of the slept on signings for a perimeter defender this year. And then Aaron Gordon acquiring him a year or two ago. Like this team is just deep. So this is your favorite. Deep, no this is your favorite in the West, right? That's what no, you're saying. No, this is my favorite to win the ship. Favorite to win the ship. Wow. Okay. I'm gonna I would, completely disagree, and I think they're like four or five. Okay. Behind who? Behind. All right. You. I you would take the. Phoenix? I'm taking the. I'm taking the Celtics over them. Okay. I'm taking the 76ers over them. Wow. That that's a hard stretch, man. They're both. both. Okay. Continue. Who's your other one? I think the Suns win this series, so I'm taking the Suns over them. Do you, do you want me to still go? I'll keep going. I, I'll i take the Miami Heat over them. Jimmy Butler, he's Michael <laughs> Jordan in the playoffs. Let me keep going. Hold on. I'm not done. I'm you still- have them, like, as the worst team in the playoffs ahead of the behind, just ahead of the Knicks, don't you? And I'm starting to change my mind here, even though I said the Warriors in five. LeBron is back, dude. He is back. I know. LeBron is back. The Lakers are back. AD's going off. There's no stopping AD. I think the Lakers are better than Nuggets. It's over. It's over. Jokic is done. 
No way, Big. man. I think they're yeah. the favorite. No, I told you five. LeBron James, nobody's beating him until I see somebody beat him. And he's not getting beat right now. I told you, LeBron, I'm still taking the Suns. I still think the Suns, without Chris Paul, is a better team than the Denver stinking Nuggets. I take the Celtics over them. I'll take the Sixers over them. And I'll take Miami Heat. Wow. I'm taking them. That's crazy. So I, I, would get, I would, right give, you, I would give you the Celtics, and that would be it for me. You're a bum, then. You got to listen. No, I'm not a bum. I get I get the Jimmy. You're just on the Jimmy Butler high right now because we just talked about him. All right, and then when it comes to your Sixers, your Sixers just pulled out one out of the rear end. So let's be honest here. Yeah, but you got to <laughs> think. These two are battling right now, these two teams, right? Yeah, and, that's what, and then they're going to go through another battle in Miami. Okay. That helps Denver. How's that help Denver? They're going to have to go up against the Lakers, potentially. Or the Warriors. Which one? Aaron Gordon can match up with AD. Uh-huh. You think so? I don't think they have someone that can guard Braun. That's the, that's but you let Braun get his. And AD has been the Mr. Jekyll and Hyde effect all postseason. Odd number of games he shows up. Even even number of games, he's awful. It's the same thing as James Harden. I could Jekyll disagree. and Hyde of NBA playoffs has been Anthony Davis. I completely disagree, man. I, completely I don't disagree. I, I told you five or six C for at the worst. So all right. So let's talk. So what you have the Phoenix winning this in six then or what I seven? The Phoenix maybe Gaga seven. I'll give them seven. So Phoenix and seven. You'll think you'll give Denver one more game. That's real thoughtful of you. Yeah. And then um, all right, let's go to the uh, the the more interesting series out of the West, right? The Lakers and your Golden State Warriors. Um, I don't want to talk about it. But the okay. ups and downs <laughs> completely, right? So you got game one shell shocker comeback from behind victory from the uh, Lakers. And then game two, the Warriors come back at home. Good for them. They actually pulled the dub out. And then game three, Lakers come out. AD has another great game. Bang. It's when AD has these great games, Warriors lose. But when AD don't have good games, Warriors win. What's going on with that? I mean, we don't – I mean, we're the smallest team in basketball. Let's be completely honest how this works. We are the definition of small ball, and with us not playing Kavan the last two games in the starting lineup, we just get that much smaller, right? He, like He's a sick, right, illness? Yeah, he's been dealing with a, a bug, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they give him a go tomorrow to start. You went with it in game two because your hand was pretty much forced that he was going to be barely be able to play, if at all. And he didn't really play much in game three either. So it's, I think it's still lingering, but you're also like at this point, like this is it for us. We got to win or this it's a wrap. Yeah. We'll lose it in six if we don't win tomorrow. Yeah. Um, Like Kavan only played 16 minutes again and he was ineffective. Like he had 16, he only had 16 minutes and only had four boards. Like that's been not what he's been this, this, this postseason. Yep. And yeah. If you really think about it, I mean, Clay Clay was absolutely awful last night. You just no offense to Clay Thompson, six turnovers, like the man just could not figure out the the flow of the game. And I know this is like a huge series for him going against his pops, his team, 
but you could see the emotion got the better of him in his homecoming last night. Mm-hmm. He was rushing shots. He couldn't figure out the groove of the game, the pace of the game. Like LeBron didn't even t- take a shot till midway through the freaking second quarter. And you're up 11. And then you let them go on a 30 to eight run. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love Steve Kerr as a coach, but I was screaming at him to call a timeout. I was screaming at my TV and I don't do that anymore. I've been a very humble fan with this team because we've been winning a lot. I was screaming a lot today. Well, yeah, but I was, I was just, I was screaming. I was like, he's got to call timeout. He's got to call timeout. Like he let that run get way worse than it needed to be. He would not figure out a way to stop the bleeding because he put trust in his team instead of thinking of the mind of a coach. He put it in the trust of his players of the greatness that is this team. Right. And the yeah. core group of Draymond, Steph, and Clay, which is a fair assessment. Sure. Which I will give. But if there's a trio a, to do it, there that's the yeah, trio. Yeah, that's the it, trio. You know? Yeah. But the team just the team had no energy. After they got we put out we went up eleven. Then we got a nice little right hook, and we decided we're not gonna fight. Like screw it, we'll see it. We we treated it like a game in November last night. Yeah. We treated it like a regular season game in November. That meant yeah. nothing. It's not acceptable. And that's what we've been doing in this postseason. Like, we're just putting up a a couple duds a series. Like, even in that Sacramento series, when they wanted to throw a punch at us, like, especially early on in games one and two, and then in game six, we were just not up to the challenge. We were just like, whatever. And And you want to talk about about some battles, right? You know, you went up against – you know, a great two seed in the Kings went seven games, right? Now yeah. you're probably looking at what six or if not seven games potentially with the Lakers. I had this game going. We talked about it. I had this game going seven if we were going to win. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be a dog fight there. And then if you make it out of that series, you got either the Nuggets or the Suns, which you're, right? you might as well just lock in for another six or seven games. Yeah. You're going to, yeah. You're going to have to lock in at that point. As a Warriors fan, who would you rather see? Oh, for the next series? Oh, Denver, without question. Even I would totally they're your favorite. I have Denver as my favorite, but I would 100 percent want the Denver Nuggets because Kevin Durant's gonna be a man on a mission if we get them in that series. Mm. Kevin Durant's gonna be averaging 40. The Slim Reaper. The Slim Reaper is gonna be like So he's gonna average 40 and Booker's gonna average 40? Yeah. I mean, that's what they did basically the, on Friday night. They averaged 40 apiece. They combined for like 86 points. It's the only reason they won that game three. It was because those two went absolutely ballistic. Great stuff. That's what I love to hear. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. No, they will both be averaging probably 35. If Because we we are the worst. We are. I mean, the Kings are the worst defensive team in basketball. We are not very far behind. No. No, no, like no, no. this is one of the issues that I have, like with with paying Jordan Poole his money. Like you let Gary Payton walk early when I mean, we got him back now via trade, but you let Otto Porter walk. We let all of our defensive three and D guys walk because we had to pay Poole. And the man, I'm pretty sure he gets a paycheck. Like it's not like we're not paying him. Like show up, bro. Uh, you've been you've been non-existent this postseason, non-existent. And he is so streaky, man. He's the man so is the definitely. definition of a flamethrower. Like wow. he either gets really hot or he is 
ice cold. He's J.R. Smith to a T, man, huh? Yeah. Just J.R. Smith with a little bit more handle. That's my, that's about yeah. it. Yeah. Wow. No, I mean, if you look at it, that's what he is. It's not yeah. nothing against him. He's still very young, right? But so I mean, I, I'm I am very scared for tomorrow night. We're gonna have to put in every ounce of energy into this game tomorrow for us to have a shot. And luckily, it's an even game. Anthony Davis hasn't put two games consecutive together yet. So yeah. until I see it, I've got hope. Yeah. But that's the biggest thing for me. Like, and we haven't even had Braun go off for a game yet. Like, I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if to, tomorrow is the where LeBron says, All right, I, I doubt AD is going to have it. I got to be LeBron esque. Yeah. Like, I would not be surprised if he has 35, 8, and 8 tomorrow. Yep. Not at all. I agree. I agree. Speaking about LeBron, uh, LeBron's son going to USC, committed to USC. Yeah. Um, was the bag fumbled completely by Ohio State here? Oh, yeah, without question. But they're not a basketball school. That's why I didn't go. They're he not a not... football school either, right? Huh? They're not a football school either, right? Ohio State? Yeah. Not, not anymore, apparently, according to Michigan. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, no, but I mean, they've been so bad at college ball in recent years that, like, like, they didn't even make the tournament, I think, two out of the last three years. And that's saying something for And then they a lost. Like um, weren't they the first team that lost to Oral Roberts that year? Yeah. The year that yeah. they made it, they were the reason Oral Roberts became great. <laughs> yep. 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 So, I mean, they're extremely hit or miss. I know it came down to USC, um, Duke. Oh, gosh, what was the other school? It's going to bother me now. I mean, I like the choice of USC. Stay close to back where, you know, home. I think that was a big thing. Stay close to home. He's been playing in that gym for a while because a lot of Sierra's, like, big-time games or, like, showcases are at the Trojans hosted or if it's at UCLA. Yeah. Yeah, Um, I I like the move. Uh, Stay there. Get a year. He's leaving after a year, right? Like I don't, yeah. I don't. He's, I don't he's projected a top ten pick right now before yeah. he's even going in, and, and and the biggest thing, arguably, he's the best defender in this class, which is what's going to be his calling card. I think. I think USC actually might hurt him though, because he's going to be the third option on that squad mm-hmm. at the guard position. It's going to be interesting to see how Andy Enfield kind of lays them out if he puts all three of those guards, because they got the number one overall recruit too coming in at uh, USC. Okay. Okay. So, and they've got their perennial all pack 12 guard coming back. So USC has got some pieces. I That's think that important. was another big thing is that they might, this is a team that can make some noise next year Okay. between the three of them, but yeah. I wouldn't be surprised their head coach has a lot to figure out because if you, if I were them, you play all three of them, right? But you go you go smaller and you play two and then you go two bigs, or you go yeah. play some small ball. Like that team loves to run and gun anyway at USC from what he used to do at Florida Gulf Coast, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not surprised. I like the move. I don't think 
Duke was really in the calling cards now with Coach K out. So I think that kind of swayed him away. It would have been interesting to see. I would love to know if any of the teams in Europe offered to pay him. Because I would have, that would have been an intriguing move for him to go play actual pro ball. Because I don't think that, I think the G League, the G League Ignite crap isn't working because you just go off the grid for a year. No one knows what's really going on unless you're a true basketball like diehard until you come back into the draft. Like that. I think, I think that's the key word when you come back to draft because. Pro like scouting or scouts know still. So like as the as the viewer, as the fan, yes, you're not getting that name recognition, then I guess would be the word. Yeah. But um, you know, but like at least in college basketball, you're getting some sort of name recognition or you know, publicity on the social media of ESPN or bleacher report or something of that nature. Right. Um, so yes, I, I do agree with that. I do agree there. Yeah, so I would have liked to maybe see. I think that would have been really intriguing if one of like the top teams in Rio were like, "All right, we'll bring them in," but that's not how everything works. Because I think, I mean, a lot of these guys that have come over from Europe have re- openly admitted that playing in Euro leagues harder than the NBA, based off of how the rules are completely different over there. With you can back tap. There's a lot. More, the game is still a lot more physical. Yep. Like there isn't that three defensive three seconds. So like if you can't shoot the ball, we're just going to load up the pent and dare you to shoot. There isn't that in the NBA with how they kind of want to showcase scoring as much as yep. possible. I don't know. I think that would have really helped his game potentially grow, especially with the Pac-12 kind of really in a real uproar. There really isn't outside of UCLA well, and USC. There really isn't much there right now at the moment. Are they still – in the pack 12 yeah they're in the pack still next year they don't move over till the year after okay just want to make sure okay because okay. if it was into the big 10 that'd be a whole nother story i would have loved the move that would really push your limit going to going to usc and having to do all that travel stuff mm-hmm. like that but they should have went to the biggies that's where he should have went and he should have went to school he should have went to a school in new jersey north jersey Pirates specifically in the Seton Hall Pirates. Oh man, the man would have looked great in some some royal blue. <laughs> off the top by off the top of your head, best Seton Hall college basketball player. Oh, best player? Yeah. Probably Shaheen. Okay. Shaheen Holloway. But all right. He's the he's the coach now there. Oh, good for him. It's not a I have, I'm trying to think of like one like I wouldn't give it to Whitehead. I wouldn't give it to Oh, I loved Whitehead. Dude, I wouldn't give ball. it to Powell. I loved Whitehead too. Man I was a dog. Duke, but Duke ball loved it. But I like Shaheen a lot. Plus, I mean, he wasn't even on Shaheen wasn't even on those teams that went to the final four back to back years either. Oh, really? Okay. No. Okay. So all right, what you got? I'll give you. I'll throw it right back at you. Give me a Penn State, Penn State guy. Dude, they sucked. I they know. still suck. Hey, you guys looked. You guys played really well this year. Yeah, we made a little comeback this year. Yeah, I truth, I don't even know any. There, we had we had only one guy. I forget his name. He was a shooting guard. He got drafted in the second round, but that was about it. I didn't really know. It. Oh, well, 
Um, Stevens. Stevens. Oh, I said the wrong guy. Damn it. Oh, well. Stevens. It wasn't Shaheen. It was Terry DeHere. Terry? I've got the names mixed up. Lamar Stevens. That's what it was. Lamar Yeah, Stevens. he plays in Cleveland now. Yep, that's him. Um, he plays in Cleveland right now. Yeah, he was pretty good. He, I liked him watching him, man. He was, he was a good baller. He could ball a little bit, but yeah, there's definitely better. But yeah, not good, man. Hey, I mean, you could have Penn State colors already. His Sierra Canyon covers would have fit right in. Got that right. You got that damn right. You got that damn right. So, all right. Well, let's move over. I know you got a little rant about the uh, NHL playoffs, NHL hockey. Give your two cents because I got no sense to give here, unfortunately. So. I know you've been really behind slack on your hockey, but I think you do agree with. We kind of talked about this off air. You agree with this? I've been got. I got into like this debate with my family the other day, and so shout out my brother. Like he came in la- a couple weekends ago, and he was trying to like argue like that the NFL is like the greatest postseason sport ever. I was like, it's not even close. Like, if you actually are a true sports fan, playoff hockey is the greatest thing to watch. It's not even close. So this just gets me frustrated how, like, fans, I get it. It's more of a, it's a, probably the lower end of um, Amer- uh, American sports, right? But if you're actually watching, you need to be locked in that entire 20 minutes of that period, then you get like a 15 to 20 minute break at the intermission. Then you got to be locked in again. Like it is free flowing it is constant. The intensity is on a completely different level and there's fighting. The coaches are screaming at the refs. The refs are sometimes even chirp back a little bit, which is even better. Like they give the referees a little bit more leeway than in other sports, which I actually love mm-hmm. the fans are probably the more most loyal fans in sports. Like it is just electric to watch a playoff hockey game. Like I my goal is to go to one, but the San Jose Sharks suck. So that's not gonna happen anytime soon. <laughs> but I went to a couple of Golden Knights games um regular season and like they make it a whole big thing. Like like it is an entertainment night, like the pregame into the game itself, intermissions, like they go the whole nine for this stuff. And when your team, you're the home team, like if you're a road team walking into a home arena, like you are intimidated. Like Carolina, arguably today, just as a perfect example, we're arguably the best team statistically watching in the playoffs so far. And they went into the Peru. Right on cue. We're the Seton Hall plays. You see that little connect I did there? Um, the the crew was absolute Prudential what Center. What they call it? The yeah, the, the, they call it the Rock. It's called the Rock, but the Prudential Center, I just call it the Prue. Yeah, yeah. They call it the Rock. In that the place was absolutely York. nuts today. They couldn't have cared less that they were down 2-0. And the Devils scored first. They scored like three in the first period. And they won the game like eight to four. And you see Carolina coming off the ice just like mentally shook of what just happened. You definitely heard some people talking about those players' moms, which is completely wrong. But like, that's also the love of it. Like you get to talk a little trash and like the place was insanely loud. I don't know. I just love playoff hockey. That's what I just got to say. And my brother can go shut the F up. He's an idiot. 
He's also a Kings fan, so I can say that. <laughs> um, <laughs> but playoff hockey is the best thing to watch, and it's not even close. I don't even think I even used any statistics that back my argument, but yeah, that was just not. passion. <laughs> not one bit. Not <laughs> one bit. Not one bit. Uh, All right. Am I am I on an island here? Are you kind of uh the same with me? I I partially agree. I mean, I think um I've had discussions with you. I've had discussions with other folks, right? Like if you go to a game, like hockey's definitely in the top two for me. Um, out of the four major sports, a game is nuts. Yeah. Um, like I, I still think I think basketball for me is just. I think it's more because I like basketball more. I think it's basketball is number one, and I, I mean, I'm saying going to a game, right? So basketball's one, hockey's two. Hockey's just electric to watch because you just have stuff going on nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, three is football, and four is um, is baseball. But when it comes yeah. to watching on TV. Uh, I always say NFL is leaps and bounds ahead of anything and anything. Okay. Uh, I will gl- I will rather sit in front of a TV and watch eight hours of, of commercial free. <laughs> um, I'd rather watch that. And then um, for me, it's probably basketball, uh, baseball, and then hockey. Um, but yeah, when it comes to a playoff, I- I've never been to a, a-, a playoff atmosphere um, game, but I've been to playoffs and every other one hmm. have i yeah um i'm trying to think oh I, flyers are by you right and so I'm yeah um i would say um i would say football is still number one for me um right. I, I can wholeheartedly disagree but that's yeah. that's okay i think i think one's still football for me because you have one game and one game only and you have to put all your heart into one game um, where hockey is kind of similar with NBA, right? Like you have seven games potentially to win a series. Uh, same thing. I just with- love the unpredictability about it. Agreed. Like, yeah. There's so many more upsets like this year, that Boston team that was clearly the best team in hockey. And it wasn't even close this year in oh, Florida yeah. bounced them in the first round. Like, like that's stuff you don't really get in the NBA or like I, I completely agree with that. I completely, completely agree with that. The unpredictability. Um, same I mean, that's even worse kind of like what baseball is, right? It's to right. an extent, right? You get a little more the unpredictable side. I agree. Hockey though is very, very unpredictable, right? Um and you do don't agree. know about half the players, so it's great because you're just like you're saying to some Russian or Canadian guy's name, and you're like, yeah, you have no idea who he is. Yep. You're celebrating like that. He's the greatest thing of since sliced bread. Yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think you're right. I think playoff hockey is definitely uh, two, three ish area. Um, NBA has has his ups and downs a little bit, right? I think NBA can almost slide to like four sometimes and and three. It really does. The first couple games, it's like oh god, but like you can honestly just watch the last fourth quarter or just watch the last quarter and still be okay. Now baseball, if it gets deeper, it gets intense. Yeah. Um, like that Phillies run last year, like you weren't moving from your seat in most of them games, right? Um, but I think if it's like watching outside of your home team that you like or the team that you watch, 
then it's kind of tough for baseball and it's kind of tough for hockey to an extent, I guess. Yeah, from a neutral perspective, if you really don't know the ins and outs of hockey, it's hard to really yes. get your mind locked now, into it. Now, now, time out. Now, is that a marketing from the NHL? Is that tough on them? Because, like, I think, I think so. Yeah. I think, like, I think now what they're doing now with ESPN and TNT having the rights, it helps. Yeah. Um, cause now you're on the same really wavelength of the NBA that it's not like you'd have to go to NB cause it was pretty much just NBC that had hockey for a long time. Yes. And NBC really struggled to market it, which I think was the biggest hindrance of why hockey made the switch from to ESPN and TNT. So I think this move really helps them because Turner and ESPN are really all in which is which mm-hmm. kind of helps so yeah because like I, if you think about star-studded names in both the nhl mlb and nba right i, I think nfl still the mecca there of course yeah you're gonna leave um, nba second for sure yeah i think nba is gonna be second right if i go if i go up to somebody in the random street hey do you know lebron james yeah oh hey do you know alex ovechkin mm, i don't know <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly um you know, I, I, I it, it, same thing with baseball, right? If you go out, we'll say Mike Trout first. You may not know Mike Trout, but it seems like everybody knows Shohei Itani or everybody knows Aaron Judge right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and and I, I, I think it's a marketing thing. I think it's a marketing thing for the NHL that they need to be better if they're going to want that, right? I, I think their mecca was when Pittsburgh was leading the way with Ovechkin and Malkinen, right? And then and you Crosby, had Crosby, uh, yeah, exactly. Um. Oh, did I say Ovechkin? I'm sorry, Crosby. Yeah, and Crosby, and then Washington was at the peak with Ovechkin. Yeah, but like now, as a non really NHL fan, right? I don't. I I probably could only name maybe three or four guys. Like, which I, is I, completely I, fair. Yeah, like I just I can't do it. Like I I don't know them that well. They don't market it that well. It doesn't interest me as an outsider looking in. Um, yeah. So I think I think I, it's I, also I, hard because internationally it's one of the biggest sports in the world yes from an international scale but from an american scale it people just aren't bought in just like with soccer right like like american sports just haven't really found the way to sell it enough Mm -hmm. for it to become something extremely popular like honestly like if you look at it from a soccer perspective and i think we both agree that soccer is definitely at the bottom when it comes to everything going on, especially with just the competitiveness of the league as well. Like, I think if you go, they'd have to like, soccer has to take a European approach. Like if you like them, not getting MLS. Yes. MLS approach. Like instead of them doing a playoffs, like they need to reward the regular season and make every game paramount instead of them bringing in expanding the league. And then, allowing more and more teams into the playoffs. Like it just, I think it hurts them. I think they need to take the European approach. Like, yo, if you're like at the bottom, you're getting sent down a tier, like sucks to suck. But like, I think they really need to make every game matter, which, but again, they also are struggling to market as well. So I think it's not just NHL. I think soccer does the same. Um, They're also NHL soccer and baseball is probably the least watch the three least watched sports when it comes to the regular season. Like 
I think that's another thing that they can't really get people to buy into a regular season game. Like you can't for playoffs is completely different, right? You can get people to show up and watch and stuff like that. But regular season, it's really hard to get yourself engaged and locked in. Agree. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree with you. So. All right. Uh, Good episode there, my man. Little NBA talk. I, I liked it. A little different change of pace, not us focusing on NFL this time. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and another week for the viewers out there, the listeners out there. Another week in the books. We're going to be back next week, maybe next Sunday. Actually, next Sunday is Mother's Day. Mother's Day. We will not be recording next Sunday, probably. Yeah, that's going to be a no, dog. Sorry about <laughs> we'll, that. We'll record we'll pick- that Monday or Tuesday after Mother's Day. We'll pick a different day there, folks, because the Mother's is always going to be the important one in our Absolutely. lives. Absolutely. Shout out to both of our mothers, by the way. So exactly, exactly. Um, yeah. So we will catch you all next week. We'll get more in depth. The NBA playoffs more should be in the conference finals area at that point. Um, hopefully both our Warriors and Sixers are both in it. I would be otherwise ecstatic. We'll, otherwise, we'll both be depressed. Yep, I probably will be depressed either way. So I mean, me, me, me too. So it's nope. okay. <laughs> about that. Um, yeah. We'll get into, uh, you know, some more uh, storyline talks and uh, we'll go from there. So, um, yeah, it was as always, folks, take it easy and have a good one. Have a good one. Happy Mother's Day to all the mothers.